Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. Take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. Yo, what up? Troopy Troops, and welcome back to Watch Club. My name is CTO831, but you can call me Hugs. And this is our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 6, titled Decommissioned. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, which is kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode, be sure to do so and come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we get decommissioned by the Empire and thrown into a pit of magma, let me introduce you to our experimental crew of ragtag troopers. First up, he's taller than a Jawa, smaller then Jabba, and just as entertaining as Jar Jar, he's CT1231, also known as Edit. Yo, yo. Yo, what up? What up? (laughs) (laughs) This is him low-key making fun of me doing that. Uh, And uh, rounding out our small battalion, we have the dopest, dankest dude on Dagobah, CT1006, but you can call him joints what up hello hello Hello. are you you troopers reporting for duty or what yeah Yeah, you said duty duty (laughs) tokes my goats oh my god you see this is what i have to deal with listeners this is what i have to deal with all the time these two crazy guys uh i'm ready to discuss another episode of bad batch with you guys um, but before we dive in, um, I want to get your high-level thoughts on the episode itself. Uh, Joints, let's start with yourself. Uh, I thought it was a you know a decent episode. It was cool seeing the characters again. Wasn't really expecting them. Uh, it's cool going to Corellia and not seeing a ship factory or talking about ships at all. So that was <laughs> that was neat. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I enjoyed the episode as you know again another filler one, but I, I enjoyed it. So yeah. there we go. Overall thoughts done. <laughs> Boom! All right, Justin. Let's hear how many overall thoughts you have. Yeah, let's let's see. No, you know what? I've 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 listened to our past episodes as I've edited them, and I'm just like, damn! Like I just got to get more concise. So, uh, you know, I got to say, this one is another adventure of the week episode. I enjoyed it a little bit more than maybe last week's episode uh, because, again, just like episode four, I think it, it's just going to show though. I, I'm appreciating the the small little threads that they're throwing into the episodes that connect mm-hmm. it to the bigger story. Yes. That's what I'm really enjoying. And that's what I really enjoyed about this episode. And, you know, we'll, we'll obviously dive into it a little bit more, but I think that's why I, I kind of, even though it was very filler and nothing was really at all accomplished at the end there, we had something to chew on, to, right. you know, just to kind of, you know, think about where things are going to go. And, and that to me is very Star Wars. Like, what are they trying to do or what is the bigger picture here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And maybe that's that's just me personally with Star Wars. But, yeah, I feel like that's why I enjoyed this episode that much more. And we'll definitely chew on uh, on that last little bit. But we're definitely going to save that right mm. to the end. Yeah, for I don't want to bring it up yet. 
You know, so. just don't, don't try to don't, bring don't, it up. Don't worry about it. Right here, right here. <laughs> uh, but listen, I, we could be Star Wars characters, Justin. Um, I remember we did the we did the same thing with Mandalorian season one, where we we kind of got to a point where we just started realizing that the story of the week blended with like the slightest ounce of overall plot development was just the way the show was written, and so you know, and then we started to accept it. So this is me doing the same thing for this show. I'm starting to accept that this is right? what the the show is, and I'm I'm kind of getting it that way. I just you know I I think every time going into these new Star Wars shows that it's like, okay, like we're going to just get, I don't know, I guess I just got used to it with Marvel in the past few series where that was, you know, they only had eight episodes to do that. So with these larger seasons, I I think it's something where we might need to look at that a little more. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, the audience didn't get as much from it, but it was nice to see our heroes, uh, interact with even more characters, as you said, Justin, that sort of flesh out this section of the timeline, uh, in the galaxy. I I agree with you, Nate. Like, I feel like we're so privileged with what Marvel is doing that we forget that that's just Marvel, right? Like, Marvel has a plan of how they're creating, like, an arch to their series that might connect to something a lot bigger. So to your point, yeah, I'm at the same place where it's like, I'm going to accept the fact that we're going to get Adventure of the Week episodes or Mission of the Week kind of style. Yeah. And then we're going to have some really conventional narrative development in, in some episodes. Hopefully. Yeah, I was actually talking to Kevin with the, about this earlier because, you know, he's not really interested in the series as much as we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of uh, came upon the discover, uh, discovery that most of these Star Wars series do, seem to like to plant those small seeds and like kind of snowball effect where as the series goes on, stuff starts happening more and more critical mm-hmm. to the plot. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas earlier on in the series, it seems to like, be a slow burn and again, Adventure of the Week style stuff. So it yeah. seems like that's their style of storytelling, which if you understand going into it, it's, I think it's a really cool way of going about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. Kind of breaking into the plot, shall we? Um, this episode starts with Clone Force 99 on Ord Mantel with Omega doing some target practice uh, with her new weapon of choice, a Zygerian crossbow. Uh, and Sid recruits the squad for a job that will require them to break into a droid decommissioning facility on Corellia and retrieve the head of a Separatist tactical droid before they're all destroyed. On the way to Corellia, Tech explains the value of tactical droids uh, and kind of how the more they fought with them, the more the droids learned, making them extremely useful in combat against clones, uh, with the clones now serving the Empire. Uh, So once they arrive, Clone Force 99 finds the decommissioned facility is guarded by police droids, and they have to sneak in by climbing a massive ladder, much to Wrecker's disdain. He looks like he's afraid of heights. Once inside, he's told to serve as the crew's lookout, something that actually used to be Crosshair's job. Now, Hunter and the others discover there's only one tactical droid listed in the facility system, and they're not the only ones after it. Clone Force 99's competitors are none other than Rafa and Trace Martez. Now, Omega accidentally fires her bow at Rafa, resulting in the facility being immediately locked down for security purposes, and a firefight breaks out between the clones and the police droids. Left with no other choice, the Martez sisters and Clone Force 99 begrudgingly start to work together to solve that problem. So, guys, with this episode taking place on Corellia, we all must have thought 
that we might see <laughs> yeah. a certain young pilot, uh, best pilot in the galaxy in the show. But alas, we got Rafa and Trace, uh, which for our listeners who aren't too sure, um, they are the sisters that Ahsoka Tano encountered on Coruscant in the final season of The Clone Wars. So I got to ask, what did you think of them showing back up in this episode? And what role do you think they could play in this series? Justin. Well, that's a that's a loaded question that I feel like I'd like to save for our, <laughs> sure. our the, the last yeah, half. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think seeing them again is is what I was referencing before, where it's just connecting to the bigger picture of Star Wars. You know, right. the last time we saw these characters were just, was in the final season of Clone Wars. Uh, you know, helping Ahsoka kind of realize that things aren't so black and white. It's refreshing to see that they that there was there's value to these characters other than where we had last seen them. And again, it just plants this bigger seed of, you know, what part of this story do they add? Yeah, Darcy. Uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as Justin. It was, uh, it was cool to see them return. And again, like that, like you were saying, this is going further to connect all the, the timelines and bridge those gaps that they've they've left open, or uh, until now at least. Um, uh, yeah, like, and I like, want to save more thoughts of their role in going forward for the end, but I definitely feel like they're, We'll probably see them again to some extent in the series. So, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Just, just to kind of backtrack a little bit, uh, you know, seeing Omega doing target practice. You know, we we were kind of talking about that last episode that we we knew that by seeing her pick up this weapon, they were now going to start teaching her. Or we we at least thought Hunter would be the one, but it looks like everyone's kind of contributing. And I like that. Yeah. I like that sort yeah. of that that sort of like brotherly love on her to just kind family of get dynamic yeah, yeah the family dynamic yeah. out of it and it was really cool to see space. it was really yeah. badass to see sid come over and just be like listen you got limpy arms you gotta like you <laughs> the triple bullseye yeah, come on triple bullseye man so she was just cool. like she yeah. totally i was happy to see her again and yeah. like um it seems like ord mantel might be like their home base for now uh, at least for the next few episodes but um you know i listen i enjoyed uh i enjoyed seeing uh, rafa and trace again yeah. Um, you know, their story in the, in the Clone Wars, uh, was, was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that. And, and it, it was interesting though. I was doing some research and it looked, and I mean, listen, toxic Star Wars fan, what else is new? Um, I was yeah. seeing that, that fans didn't respond to them positively and I, I really liked them, but you know, I, the reason I like them is because I, I think they, they represent something that we want in the Star Wars universe, which Justin, you already called out like a more realistic look at people sort of caught between two factions, right? Like we've got these people that work, you know, in between and they're kind of like the everyday working class. So yeah. they, I, I feel like a lot of people can align with those those types of characters. Yeah. And I also feel like their story aligns really well with Clone Force 99. So they, they fit in this series, sure. I think, better than they maybe, and this was maybe some fans' problem with it, better than they fit in season seven of the Clone Wars uh, with what they did with Ahsoka. I, I don't I disagree with it. I, I think yeah. again yeah. fans fans are just at a point with Star Wars where they're so like it's theirs and yeah. there's just no turning back and yeah. it's just it's sometimes frustrating to see because the whole idea with Star Wars is broadening it. Like just like you said, like we've lived in a galaxy, you know, far far away where it is light and dark, black and white and yeah. what all of these little stories are doing is in a way adding to the elements of they're not attached to fractures. They don't care about which way it goes. They just want right. peace in their own way for themselves to actually have a life. Like they're living life in this galaxy. So like those stories are really interesting. So to just add added to the layer of, you know, 
the dark side and the and, and the Jedi and, and everything else that kind of surrounds this light and dark mentality that lives in this galaxy. So it's just frustrating when you hear that fans are just taking it so personal like that, yeah. where, you know, it's just they, they have to tear down an animated series for interjecting <laughs> two, you know, albeit very alternatively looking female characters into the Star Wars galaxy, which the Star Wars galaxy needs desperately, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So, 100%. you know, again, it was refreshing to have them appear in, in Clone Wars. And I think it's great that they've, you know, they found a way to continue their story in this uh, in this series. Very cool. And I love I love. Yeah. To your point, the theming that we're getting out of Star Wars, you know, we've got we've starting I think starting really with Rogue One and then Man, Man, the Mandalorian and Bad Batch and uh, coming up with Ahsoka, like getting these series that really do show that in between. So very cool. Uh, all right, let's get back to the plot then. Uh, Echo shorts out the facility's entire system, telling Tech that he has overridden the lockdown. That, and that means Wrecker has to actually swing across a ravine of molten metal in order to reach the main control panel. Of course, we talked about earlier how he's afraid of heights. So, you know, he he does get across, um, but of course he smacks his head yet again in the exact same spot uh, when he lands on the platform, causing him to topple over in pain. Um, if there was any ever doubt that, you know, what's been causing Wrecker's headaches in recent episode, it's, it's definitely been put to rest here. Um, he begins to whisper, good soldiers, uh, and hears Crosshair in his head saying, good soldiers follow orders. I thought that was an interesting aspect that they use that voice, mm-hmm. um, because clearly his inhibitor chip is starting to work again. Now, in the meantime, the firefight between the clones, Rafa, and the police droids carries on, and just when Trace is about to escape with the tactical droid's head, of course, Omega's leg gets stuck under some junk on the facility's conveyor belt, trapping her. Hunter uses a wire to take down the support post for one of the building's uh, walkways, destroying several police droids and filling the molten metal basin with debris, which gives Omega something non-dangerous to land on. Then Trace rescues her, of course, with a bit of Hunter's help, uh, and, uh, and, and they manage to save her and have a really lovely, nice moment. Um, all right, so... We're finally starting to see what they've been sort of spoon-feeding us this entire time with Wrecker, finally saying the famous line, um, you know, that we say at the end of episode, every episode here. What did you think of that moment? And also, what did you think of Trace sacrificing her mission to save Omega? Darcy? Definitely, again, they've been building up to this for a while. Uh, it kind of leads me to uh, question, how has he not hit his head so frequently before? Because it seems like it's happening a lot. Like, right. he's, a, yeah. he's a clumsy guy. Yeah. Uh, how has he not his head before? That's all I'm getting from that. For sure. Uh, but uh, I thought it was interesting to see uh, Trace turn around. I mean, it's kind of makes sense. Her character has always been that like of, of a pure hearted person. She couldn't turn her back on someone who's in need. That's kind of kind of expected of her. So She's the moral compass in the in the, in the, the duel, duality yeah. that is the sisters, right? Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, and her sister is the complete opposite and will is willing to leave anyone to get what she wants type thing. So it's uh, it was I mean to be expected that she would turn around and help Omega. Totally. Yeah, no, and I mean, Wrecker's got to break sometime soon, though, right? Like, yeah, it's coming. I, this was, I'm just this really was definitely wor- a big foreshadow. I'm so worried for him though, because I think like they keep giving him these celebratory moments and these the you know, making him a really likable character, and like, I just feel like that means he's gonna have a tragic ending, and I'm really scared. I'm again, I I'm on the I'm a, on the complete opposite page of that, and again, yeah. I'll get into that later on once you go sure. through the plot. Because okay. what I want to talk about is 
what gets him out of that funk, basically. Okay. All right. Like it's it's something we saw a, a, a bit of in episode one, so I had to see it coming back. So if, oh. it's like a, definitely something that I feel like they're going to be building. Okay, I'm I'm not picking point. up. I'm not picking up what you're putting down, so I'm excited to hear about it. But um, okay. I also just really want to quickly say I got a ton of Attack of the Clones vibes. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. you know, feeling very similar to the droid manufacturing plant on Geonosia. Well, yeah, uh, I was really then, happy to hear Roger, like, just to hear the droids again. Like, oh yeah, that was so funny. They have personality despite yeah. being yeah. robots, and it makes you feel bad to see them die. Right, yes. so connected to these inanimate objects essentially until <laughs> a, but- a button is flipped, and all of a sudden there's such personality and for clank. sure. And then, I mean, speaking of uh, vibes, I also got Toy Story three vibes. <laughs> when Omega was about to burn in the fiery pit, I was like, I saw like yeah, Woody on the I other side. Yeah, I was I like, no. Yeah, I, um, so she was yeah. fighting. The, other, the toys had completely ac- accepted what was going to happen to them. <laughs> they yeah. were done. Yeah, they were yeah. done. They they held hands and they were going to say goodbye. Uh, no, yeah, I, I think um, they're they're just they just keep dropping these hints, and we're going to see him turn. Um, what that means for the team is going to be, I think, very detrimental. Um, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, how that all plays out. Um, to see uh, both Trace and uh, Rafa work with the Bad Batch to kind of get out of this situation, it just goes again to show like how human they are. Like, yeah. you know, they don't have necessarily the, again, the, the, the alternative motives of, of benefiting just themselves. They're thieves, they're grifters. Yeah, yeah, they're smugglers. smugglers yeah. Sure, they're yeah. smugglers, and they're 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 going to get hired, and they're going to they're going to want to make their earnings. But they obviously are compassionate, empathetic individuals who don't want necessarily to lose people. Sure, you know I, I mean? think I think you're I think you're half right, but we'll get to that in in just a, right. a little bit. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, can we let's get to the last section of the the plot here, and then we'll we'll really get down to it. Uh, teaming up. The Martez sisters and the clones quickly devise a plan to use the tactical droid's head to activate the other battle droids in the building and uses them, uh, sorry, they use them to take out the remaining police droids. It was just awesome. Seemingly okay, Wrecker finally recovers the battle droids, taking out several police droids with gleeful abandon while Tech gets the tactical droid's head signal to work, uh, unleashing the battle droids upon the police droids and giving our heroes uh, a chance to escape. However, during the escape, the tactical droid head is destroyed, uh, and it looks as though both teams had failed. Now, once clear of all the droids, Omega is, of course, more friendly towards Rafa and Trace uh, when they're parting ways, and she invites them to visit their home base on Ord Mental someday in a, in a very cute little moment, as she does. Uh, and then as for Hunter, he reveals that Tech actually copied the tactical droid's intel data to a uh, data rod before it got destroyed. So he, he gives it to Rafa, and Rafa asks why he's handing it over, and he replies, you'll use it for the right reasons. And then he admits that things were clearer when he and the others were merely soldiers. To which Rafa responds by saying, take it from me. In the end, we all choose sides. Now, there's technically more to the episode, but I'm, I'm going to save that for our prediction section at the end. So for now, I just want to ask, um, what were you guys talking about earlier with Wrecker? Uh, and what did you guys think of the the Night of the Living Droids, which is what I'm, I'm calling it? <laughs> That's awesome. That's a yeah. great yeah. name for it. Yeah. Uh, what I was talking about is like when you said what got him out of that funk when he was down on the ground hearing uh, Crosshair's voice and it it was Omega. Omega is yes. a where are you Wrecker? We need your help type oh, thing. And, right. and the fact that she got through in that quick second, that's what took him to shake it out basically, makes me think that she has a stronger connection to these guys that's, and will help awesome. eventually talk him down. Yes, he might go like like switch or whatever, but I feel like she'll be able to talk him down 
And like I said earlier, we saw uh, inklings of this in episode one. Yeah. Uh, it was when they were in the prison cell and she turns to Crosshair and she's like, I understand what's happening. It's not mm. your fault. And we saw mm. him consider her words before being called away. Like her words have very heavy impact. And maybe that's because she's force sensitive or it's just Ooh. because she it just knows what's going on and is the... Like, how can you get mad at a child? Maybe even a right, uh, corrupted right. clone still has that much empathy in them type thing. So mm, yeah, that's what I yeah. was getting at from the whole thing. I think Omega is going to play a huge part in Wrecker's uh, eventual turn and then recovery. I think she's going to play 100% in the recovery aspect. Um, I think this was just a little bit of an Easter egg or a, a hint at the importance of that Omega has to someone like Wrecker. I think Wrecker is like like her cool uncle, like her uncle that's like the dad that, you know, is going to look out for her, but like we'll let her get away with like silly mischievous things. And, you know, hearing her voice, it, it awoke in him. It reminded him what he was fighting for. I think if anything, it's going to reveal that beyond having these these chips in their head, they're actually human, compassionate, empathetic people and he's going to be able to overwrite that because he's going to have omega standing in front of him and hearing that like i i feel like she's going to be the gateway for them to kind of experience how they are human and they have their own individualism even though they are clones right so because we we are on this basis that clones are just carbon copies when it, unless we get to these guys so yeah. i mean that actually pairs so well with with what i was actually just about to say in terms of the the night of the living droids like seeing all their dumb like half-built bodies sort of stumble around like zombies uh and saying like orders are orders and stuff like that i just it it shows the dichotomy between droids and clone force 99 along with of course uh rafa and uh and and her sister trace so so i think that's that's actually really cool and it's it's made me like this episode a little more than i did before i'm just kind of discovering that with you guys and and like i just think that's that's so fitting and and yeah and it's at the end this episode's really just showing humanity uh yes you know over, rules overall yes know? and I, I think that that line her last line uh in the end everyone chooses a side yeah the way she says it means that she hasn't really chosen a side right but she's chosen a side at the same time to help right in this situation that they are currently mm. in so i feel like you know she's almost a female uh, representation of someone like Han Solo, right? Like it's- I, that's I was just gonna say. I had my hand up here waiting <laughs> yeah. to chime in, but that's her whole character is the same type of reluctant hero that Han is, where he's yes. he's only in it for the money. But at the same time, you can tell he kind of does care more than he lets on. But yeah. he's too cool for that. So yeah. like, I feel like that's exactly her way of saying that. Where she's like, I I I haven't chosen a side, but I know what side I want to work for. Type thing. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Oh man! All right. Well, that that elevated it for me there. Um, did we have anything else you want to say before we get into our rating about the uh, when we were saying how Hunter handed off the data rod? The fact that uh, Tech had uh, gone ahead and was copying it almost mm-hmm. made me think that they had already fully intended to let them get away with the head while they kept the data rod because yes. mm-hmm. it was a copy. They had two sets of the data now, it, and yep. without that head getting destroyed they could have easily be, uh, gone off with both well so. the data was what they wanted right like that's why they were yeah. only after the head and then if they it's, were able to copy it it's just like okay well like we don't even need the head now we yeah can just input and so it, was, it feels like that the, the, the plan going in or when once they started working together was we'll both get away with what we wanted to come here for so it's, yeah. i thought that was a pretty cool little thing because the te- this uh, tech took a second before like oh and i'll put this on too it was like an afterthought that he's like, you know what? Maybe we can both get what we want here. Yeah, yeah, and much like much like the the sort of 
um, introduction of, of Omega's new weapon. I, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is going to come up again, this data rod, this data that they have for, for battling against clones. Um, I wonder if it's going to help them in the end or, or will it, you know, given that now do the clones fight differently because of the inhibitor chips? You know what I mean? Like, I think you're going to get to it, obviously, in the next little bit here. But it's, yes. you know, who's the buyer for both of these situations? Who's hiring Sid to have the Bad Batch go and do right. this? Yeah. And who's hiring Rafa and Trace? Which mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Wrapping up uh, this episode, uh, before we get to our, our, our predictions, let's actually just quickly get, I'd, I'd love your final thoughts and like a, a review. Oh, sorry. Because um, okay. we normally do that before we, you know, we're getting too excited. Um, but... <laughs> But what I'll, what I'll say is... Save the meaty bit for the end. You know, you know we'll, into that, we'll, but we got to we'll hold back. Listen, hold back. Hold back. I just want your final thoughts on the episode, your overall thoughts um, for the episode, and also a rating on a scale of one to five tactical droid heads. Darcy, let's start with yourself. Uh, yeah, okay. Again, top of the episode. I said it was a decent... Uh, I enjoyed the episode a decent amount. It was, again, another filler adventure of the week thing. I uh, had some cool moments, and like I said, definitely laying some eggs for some some potential future payouts. Uh, so it's, I'm ho- looking forward to seeing if they uh, they live up to my expectations to some extent. Uh, overall, I probably yeah maybe I saw a 3.5 uh, tactical droid heads out of five. It, it's it was definitely a lot of room to improve, but it was still an enjoyable adventure. And like I said, they gave me enough to be satisfied to what they come back next week. Cool. Justin, you know, as I was trying to push us to talk about this last little bit, this kind of ties into why I like this episode so much, because it does give you that piece is something that is leaving you with thought, uh, was leaving you with more ideas to set up for things that we will see in future episodes. And that to me is like, if you're going to do a filler episode, at least have it do something like that. That's going to at least hook me and make me say, Ooh, I'm interested to see where this is going. Uh, for that reason though, I would give this episode a uh, same score, actually Durs, uh, you know, three. 3.5 same as my buddy joints 3.5 uh technical droid heads out of five there right. you go okay there you go. um and yeah like <clears throat> i was saying i kind of gave up on seeing episodes with major plot advancement but knowing that there's 10 episodes left um darcy i hope it's like what you're saying like a snowball like it's it's small moments that you know push the story forward and get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. uh, and that those those sort of plot portions start to kind of start to outweigh the the, the filler the filler right yeah. um this episode had some really great like action moments some mm-hmm. really fantastic moments with uh with the teams you know fighting together and 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 blasting things apart um and there, you know what there were i think there were great character moments i think there were some really good sort of just light sort of you know longing looks of thank you and stuff like that um i did think the message you know with the martez sisters their their main kind of theme of like uh, there is no black and white. You know, it's a bit of a repeat from what we saw with their storyline with Ahsoka, um, which I think is is actually good for people who've never seen them before because then right. it, it helps to establish that part of their character. Yeah. Um, but for I think for for fans who are watching this that are hardcore and probably this, hopefully listening to this podcast, um, I, you know, that didn't play off as much because I'd already seen it. But after having this conversation with you guys and seeing, you know... Um, how really well they play into the theme of humanity uh, for this series that elevated the episode for me. Um, And so I was originally going to give it a little bit of a lower score. Um, But you know what, going forward, I'm intrigued to see what we do with these characters. I'm happy that they're not going away. And so overall, this episode was good. Um, I'm going to give it a same as you guys, 3.5 out of five tactical droid heads. I was originally going to give it a, a three. 
Um, but well, no, you, this conversation, we, up. we did yeah, it. We, about, we, we did it. Up. We sold Let's it. Go. Yeah. We, 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 we failed two weeks ago, but this, this, this episode, we did it. We did a good job. <laughs> this one, this one worked. I, well, listen, at the end of each episode of watch club, we like to speculate, uh, or at least on the, at the end of most episodes of watch club, yeah, we like we to speculate on what we think is going to happen next in the series. So let me read out the last moments of the episode and then we can dig Finally. into it with some speculation. Jeez. You batches. <laughs> Um, all right, so so right at the end of the episode, Clone Force 99 part ways with Rafa and Trace, and while the two are leaving Corellia, Rafa sends a call to the person who hired them, sa- uh, saying that they've retrieved the tactical droid's intel and had help from a group of rogue clones, saying, and I quote, I thought you should know, and I know where you can find them. Dun, dun, dun. So, guys, batches, listen, you you batches, I need to know what's gonna happen. Batch, uh, Justin, let's let's start with yourself. Who who the heck are they talking to? I'm gonna guess that we all assume it's Ahsoka. I was gonna yeah, I was gonna I was gonna assume that, but I've got some other guesses as well. The only other guess I could think of is Saw. Like, do we think it could be Saw? No, nope. okay, no, no, right. no. Look so those the are the only two that Look I could really okay. think of. I'm gonna let Darcy go. I'm gonna let Darcy go. I want to see if 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 we got the same thoughts. Yeah, I I'm understand thinking- why Justin thinks it's Ahsoka. I right, mean, the droid was hers. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, Nate, you want to say it on the count of three? Okay, we'll try. One, right. two, three. Bail, Bail Organa. Organa. Yeah! Yeah, oh. yeah totally. It's totally yeah. got to be him because we know that he had a connection to Ahsoka prior to the uh, Clone yes. you know, uh, Order 66. Yeah. And it makes sense that he'd be reaching out, trying to find ways to fight the New Order and stuff like that. We already know that he was heavily involved with That's the rise true. of the Rebellion. Yeah. So and I got, Jimmy it, Smith is in everything. He's in yes. everything. <laughs> also, so he, also Rafa, waited, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rafa did say, uh, call him, not them. He said him. Right. So that also right. made me mm. lean towards more right. Bear right. Organa. Yeah. And yeah. it makes sense, too, yeah. from a military standpoint, what a tactical droid would be able to provide. It, that that does make actually perfect sense. Yeah. It, it makes it, it builds more to his character, too, at least his yeah. place in the rebellion. He exactly. seems to be that guy exactly. who finds all the data and is sending out all his operatives. He's almost like the like the master spy of the rebellion and that he knows who everyone is and is the only person who knows that type thing. Yeah, and I mean those robes, dude. He's always wearing yes. those robes. Oh, yeah. But um like even on even at his beach house he's wearing the robe. Anyways, um you <laughs> know Smith's, right? I, yeah, Smith <laughs> is wearing those robes. Um no, you know what? I also think uh just as a side prediction and this isn't really a a big prediction, but I think that line that she says at the end, right? Like um you know, saying saying about the choosing sides or whatever. Um I think that she's I think they're going to split up. I think Rafa and Trace are going to go their separate ways, and I think they are going to choose sides in the end. And I think, again, it's just going to play off the whole idea of that black and white choice where I feel like we're going to see them in some sort of decision where we'll actually agree with both of them, right? And we'll we'll kind of understand why both of them are making the decision that they're making. Um, And I think they sort of hinted and played played with that a little bit in the the Clone Wars series. So again, here I am complaining that they're repeating their their stuff again and then I'm asking them to repeat them again. Not making any sense, Nate. (laughs) No, I know, but listen, I just... Pick one side and stick to it. (laughs) Listen, we all choose sides. Um, So so yeah, so I'm... (laughs) I'm I'm interested to see what they do with their characters going forward, and I'm really interested to see how they play in with uh, with the Republic, or if that even is someone from the Republic. You know, who knows? It could be yeah, someone. It could be, it from, could be uh, anyone. Plus, I also think like we've got so much Ahsoka lately. You know, we, we, we we're going to have good. more too. So yeah, yeah. And especially yeah. this this timeline. Yeah. 
period of time has already been covered in her in the Ahsoka book, basically. That right, kind of right, followed right. her mm. right after Order 66. So unless they plan on retconning another book, right. uh, I don't see them, you know, bringing Ahsoka back in, at least at this point in, uh, in time. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right. I agree. All right, you batches. Well, that is it for the fifth, or sorry, the sixth episode of our Watch Club for Star Wars The Bad Batch. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Watch Club. And if you did, uh, well, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. Um, And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows we cover uh, in Watch Club, well, you don't have to escape a pit of magma. Instead, Justin, can you let our listeners know how to reach us? They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Come. Now, keep in mind, uh, we have our standard episodes of the Geek Centric Podcast with our latest episode out now where we give our review of Disney's Cruella. Uh, so if you want to go ahead and go give that a listen if you've watched the movie yet. Darcy, did you get a chance to watch it? Oh, yeah. I totally watched it. And I actually really enjoyed it. Went in right? with low expectations and had those expe- expectations blown wide open. So it's, I'm very happy. I hope we get mm-hmm. more and more alternative storylines i'll say in Mm -hmm. you know in the disney live action world so yeah because that definitely didn't tie into the cartoon whatsoever two totally different cruellas (laughs) right um and so definitely listen to our review in terms of how we think that might uh go work going forward uh and what we might what we thought of the the movie so definitely go check that out justin darcy thank you so much for joining me for this watch club and as we say good Good soldiers soldiers, follow follow orders. orders